ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. Hunter Hart, how are you, sir? Good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Hey, I want to thank you very much for uh, taking some time to talk with ATV Talk and have uh, tell us about your uh, XE uh, challenges and, and where you're going to go in the future. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, awesome, awesome having me on your show. I'm definitely, definitely excited to be on the show. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. You know, this is this is actually my first podcast I've ever been on, so it's it's good to be on. You know, it is. It's exciting. You know, I'm, awesome. I'm glad that this was this was my first one. Well, I appreciate that. So, <clears throat> what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about you, and we're gonna perfect talk about XC racing. Um, the the cross country stuff. I've had a little bit of my career has been involved in it, but not a lot. So other than building engines and, and doing some chassis setup, I'd be okay. Uh, um, how do you keep the water out of your machines? Yeah. So we, uh, that's, that's definitely one of the issues, you know, like a lot of people are like, Oh, you guys must just, just blitz through the water. You know, that's, that's the fastest way to do it. And, uh, a lot of us will actually basically like, you'll, if you'll watch the videos, like the ABC class, so they'll blitz through the water, but your, uh, your top, uh, pros and XC ones, XC two guys will actually like this super slow through the water. Cause you don't want to get your hands, gloves, goggles, anything like that wet. And, uh, that's, that's one of the big things. And then a lot of our machines are actually, our airbox are very closed off. And, uh, that, that helps increase the, uh, the life out of the machines as well. Do you have a special trick that, that you, you can either reveal or not reveal, um, to, to um, keep it sealed? Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing usually for us is, uh, on track walk day, we'll, uh, we'll find out where the, the shallow spot is and that'll be where we go. But I mean, honestly, it's, it's just about going, honestly, just going slow through it is, is the best way to do it. Um, it definitely, definitely helps keep you yourself dry, your machine dry and, and your air filter dry, which at the end of the day is the biggest goal. And, uh, just, just making sure that your air box is, is as good as, as you can have it for uh, maximum power, but also maximum, uh, air filter life. That's awesome. I was looking at a, what brought all this up is I was looking at those photos of your win in 19 and I'm thinking, yep. how can you even have made it to the finish line with that much water? Yeah. So that, uh, those, those machines actually ended up, they, they actually sucked a good little bit of water that day. Like the airbox was actually full of water and, um, they basically nice thing with my Alaska motorsports, uh, products is, uh, he freaking Tom out there in North Carolina built some bulletproof machines, you know, and, uh, we do a couple other things on a, on a Monday like that. But at the end of the day, you know, you, you kind of have to go in and, uh, just, just know that it's going to be a hard one on the motor. And, um, just the key in one of those is just never shut the bike off. Never, never stall the bike out. Cause as long as it's still running, it'll, it'll still usually pull through, but it's, it's that second when you accidentally stall or something like that, that you want to minimize to a, to none basically on a day like that. Well, that's, that's definitely true in a lot of fashions, even in some of the motocross stuff that I've been involved in. It's just the, the mud and the dirt is just a nightmare. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, that's, that's basically, it's the same card for like the dust and stuff like that, you know, like dust, uh, we had one race that was basically like sill beds for us. A lot of, a lot of the pros ended up changing a filter and, uh, I opted out tonight. I was one of the, one of the two pros that didn't change a filter that day and, uh, it, it paid off well for us, but yeah, it was, it was gnarly. How'd the motor hold up? 
Good. Yeah, there was no dust in the intake. Uh, my my MotorX air filter oil pulled pulled through for me there. <laughs> That's awesome. So let let me talk to you about your sophomore year in the pro class. Um, highlights, lowlights. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Um, we definitely definitely had some highs and lows. I mean, all in all, it was it was good. You know, we made some serious improvements from the rookie year. You know, we moved basically from uh, you know, like kind of describe the pro classes. There's basically like two two races almost going on. You know, you've got your one through five, six, and then you've got basically that back second half. And uh, I was basically in no man's land for probably eighty percent of the races. Uh, my rookie year, just kind of floating right around that seventh place spot. You know, nobody was. You know what? Guys ahead of me were about a minute and a half ahead of me. And, guys behind me were about a minute and a half behind me. So I was basically, I literally just ride from after about the first lap on by myself. And, um, it was, it was definitely different. And, uh, that was one thing I wanted to work on this year, which, uh, we luckily were able to, uh, cut, cut it down to where we were, we were with the top, uh, we were, this year we rode basically between fourth and sixth all year, uh, with, uh, one third in Georgia. And, uh, we had one third in Georgia, three fourths, a uh, couple fifths, a seventh, and then uh, one eighth this year. So we were, we were good. And then we had one, one small issue, uh, in West Virginia. I ended up actually popping the chain off, off my rocker. It didn't break the chain. It just popped it off, which, uh, I don't know how familiar you guys are, but it's basically a double rock ring that runs like that. And the chain runs in between it. So if the chain falls off, it's, it's, it's a bear to get it back on there. We uh, took like 20, 20 minutes or so. And, um, with, with our type of racing, they only count the top 20 overall points. I think, um, I was like 19 minutes down and I ended up getting back like 30, 30th or 35th overall, which it, you know, on paper, it sounds great, but it doesn't, doesn't really matter if you don't, if you don't score inside the top 20 for any points at the end of the day. But, uh, other than that, we ended up uh, number seven this year. And we actually looked, I looked at the points from uh, 2019 to 2020, like my point spread between a couple guys ahead of me. And, um, we actually managed to close, close the gap that we had on the guys ahead of me from, uh, we, we cut it just about half from 19 to 20. So it, it was, uh, improvements across the year, which was good. And, uh, we, we definitely, you know, every, every year's a learning year, you know, most of these guys, everybody that's ahead of me has either been doing it for at least, at least five years. Some of these guys have been doing it since, since I was, uh, before I was even in uh, pre-K, you know, some of these guys have been in the pro class. So how old are you? I'm 20. Yeah, I'm, I'm 20. I'll be 21 on Valentine's day. I've been doing this a lot longer than you've been alive. <laughs> wow. I'm yeah. old. I'm old. <laughs> I almost have a grandchild as old as you. That's, that's freaking crazy. But no, it's, it's, you know, there's a couple, couple guys in the pro class that have, that have been racing pro since, since before I started racing actually. And, uh, it's, it's pretty cool, you know, to see it go full circle where, I actually looked up to them when I was in the youth races and they were some of the guys that would, would come up and talk to me and, uh, oh, there we go. Okay. And they'd come up, talk to me about it. And, um, they were like, yeah. And, uh, those guys, it was nice. Cause those were kind of the guys I gravitated towards. And then over the years, they ended up being the guys that I was like hanging out with. And then eventually I was like, Hey, can I come, come ride with you guys? And at first you're kind of like, well, not yet. You know, I was like 13, 14 at the time. I was like, man, they don't, they don't want to hang out with me. My mom was like, you're still a kid, buddy. You know? And it's like, Oh, okay. That, that makes sense. And, um, then I was able to, I, uh, got the invite a couple of times to go uh, ride with some of the guys. You actually go stay down at uh Borges house. And, um, I, I remember I was just over the moon excited about it. And, um, 
he, uh, it was pretty cool, you know, and, and Chris, one of my longtime buddies and, uh, it's, it's pretty cool to see, you know, like years ago, I, I never thought that I'd be racing against Chris and then, uh, let alone, you know, some races this year, him and I were doing battle and uh, it was, it's just awesome. You know, like him and McGill were some of my, some of my best buddies, you know, um, like I, I looked up to them, like there's some photos of me at eight years old when Adam and Chris were in the pro race. And uh, I was like, man, I just want to be there one day. And it, it's pretty surreal, you know, some days to see see the progress point that it's at and, and uh, how it's how it's come about as well. That's awesome. I, I love it. <clears throat> so how did you get into ATVs? Yeah. So uh, funny, funny story. Uh, basically, like anybody would think, you know, my mom and dad own a motorcycle dealership and you think, oh, that's just natural nature. You know, kid wants to just go ride a motorcycle all day. You know, he's, he's on it from, from day one. But uh, yeah, I, uh, I rode them basically since I was two or three years old, but I never had much interest racing them. I uh, actually, my mom bought a $20 tractor one day from uh, Tractor Supply for my birthday and they bought me a K, uh, KTM uh, 50 and uh never rode the 50 actually played with the tractor so long that i ended up breaking actually breaking the tractor in half and uh dirt bike sat in the house for two and a half years never ridden they took it back to the shop and sold it as a leftover but uh i ended up actually musical chairs was what did it at uh, our local series banquet they uh, used to raffle off the mitt, the leftover trophies from musical chairs and uh, I, I won one and i was like mom i want i want to win my own trophy next year so she was like, so you want to race? I was like, yeah, I want to race. So ended up actually winning my first ever race. And then, uh, one of my longtime friends and I, uh, we weren't friends at the time, but we ended up tying for the, uh, last championship that year. I ended up winning. And, um, then the rest, rest is history. You know, next year we went to the GNCCs, basically got our doors blown off, teeth kicked in, whatever you want to say for 12 out of the 13 rounds. And then ironically at Ironman again in the mud, ended up getting my first national win, was on the podium, didn't even know I was on the podium, drove back to the truck and they're calling on the loudspeakers. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm in trouble. I don't know what I did. Called me up and I was like, oh, I'm not in trouble at all. This is, this is pretty cool. And then, uh, ended up winning my, winning a youth title, uh, three more youth overall championships, uh, moved up to the schoolboy class. That was, that was a little rough just on the hybrids there. Went to the college A class, ended up, um, winning that. XC2 class just fell just a few points short my first year there. And then the second year ended up um, winning that. And then we went to the pro class the year after that. And it was, it was good. You know, I mean, it's, it's all been, it's all been good. That's awesome. That's, that's quite a lot there that you just put out. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's basically the rundown from uh, point A to where we're at now. And what's the winners like for you in training? Do you get to, do you get to train much in Florida? Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to switch, uh, from my, my parents. I was always like, I don't come on to be in regular school. You know, like I was always a straight A student came out of a school that had literally 900 kids pre-K to 12th grade. And so the school was always super, super understanding, you know, and, um, I was like, I don't, I don't want to be here anymore, mom. I was like, just put me in cyber school. You know, I've been asking me in cyber school since I was like 13. It's like, that's, that's what I heard. You know, like all, all the guys that raced and were, were, were like the pros grew up there. Like, like, yeah, we went to, we went to home school. And I was like, mom, I, I want to do that. She's like, I, I can't teach you. I'm not going to teach you. And I was like, all right. I was like, what about, what about if we do some uh, online school? She was like, all right. She uh, finally caved in. Uh, I was... I had two and a half years left in school and uh, she was like, Hey, let's, let's give it a try. I was like, okay. And she was like, if it goes bad, you might have to repeat the grade you're in. I was like, that's okay. You know, like in my mind, I'm like, I'm never going back. And, uh, luckily it, it, it went okay. You know, uh, all 
the first two weeks was super rough. And then, um, Spanish, Spanish was the one that was really, really the kicker for us. But I ended up uh, getting it done, getting it all done. And then I actually currently am going to a virtual college as well. And, um, we're two years into that now. And I've been coming to Florida since 2015, basically coming down since December, December 1st, to April, April 15th, about is when I come down. People make the joke that I'm the youngest snowbird they've ever seen. <laughs> uh, that is pretty funny, dude. That is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, because around here, snowbirds are, are more common because, you know, in Southern California, it's pretty warm. Uh, you, if you go to Yuma, you go to a couple places and you'll see just tons of them uh, all over the place. I'm sure Florida is full of them too. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's crazy busy down here as well with, with all the snowbirds and stuff like that, you know. And it, it's it's kind of funny, you know, like I'll come down with um with a New York license plate and they'll be like, what are you doing here? You know, like I make the joke. I'm like, dude, I, I just need to get like a Florida tag or something like that. And they'll just, they'll just be way, way cooler with me. I got to run and grab a charger. My phone's going to die. Yeah, I was like, I started out, I was on like 35%. I'm down to like 8% now. And I'm like, she's dropping too quick for me. <laughs> yeah, I was and like, this is going to right wow. now. Gonna go, do some, go do some fishing. Yeah, yep. Yeah, we're gonna go fishing. Uh, hopefully tomorrow, depending uh, depending on the weather. That's that's what we're banking on right now. Is weather to be weather good for us, and we'll be good to go. What are you, what are you guys gonna fish for? Uh, we're just bottom fishing. We uh we actually I come down here season. So my buddy lets me come down. I've been coming down three, four years now. We'll go out, you know, literally jump in the water and they'll give you like a set of gloves. You'll see the lobster swimming on the bottom. They don't have any claws or anything. You reach down, grab them, put them in a bag, carry them to the surface, measure them. If they're legal, you keep them. And uh, it's, it's, it's always fun. You know, my buddy uh, Mike Drango actually does that. Super cool that I met him actually through the races and stuff like that. How deep is the water? Uh, six, six to 12 feet. Usually. So it's, it's not super deep at all. Like you can literally see them as they're driving the boat. You'll see them like crawling across the bottom of the, of the floor. Wow. So you can see the sharks coming. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I was actually in the water one time. I saw a barracuda and I freaked out. Cause like I, I didn't know what it was, but it was like literally like two feet from my face. And I was like, that, uh, that was almost bad. That was almost really, really bad. Like it, it just scared me a ton. Like they, they won't really bother you at all. But um, yeah, they say this, that the biggest issue is the uh, saltwater crocs are the things that you got to watch for down here. Really? Have you come close yeah. to any of those yet? No, I, I luckily haven't, uh, knock on wood, haven't seen any yet. But uh, <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they're like, he was out actually fishing one day, just uh, like backwoods. And they said they saw like a 14 footer up on shore. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, I'm good. I don't need to see one of those. I'm deathly afraid of sharks. That's why I play in the dirt. But I am <laughs> super intrigued by saltwater crocs. Yeah, they're, you know, luckily uh, the shark, sharks aren't really, you know, like, you, you know, they're there, but as long as you don't have, like, that's the other thing is you like, just don't wear flashy stuff on your wrists and uh, make sure you're not like bleeding profusely. Other than that, you're good. Cause there's, cause usually during mini season, there's hundreds of boats out there. So the sharks are kind of like, well, we, we don't want to be here. You know, they'll, they'll go deeper in the water. But uh, usually they also are pretty good about like where 
lot of people swim and stuff is they just won't throw like the fish carcasses or stuff like that. They'll attract them in. And that's basically like an unspoken rule amongst like the locals is they just won't throw like right in the bay, right off the side of the house. They won't throw, you know, the fish heads or anything like that. And they'll bring them out to the end of the canal and throw them in there. Oh, to keep the char, to, to, to try to keep yeah. the away. Yeah. Try to keep all the, all the big stuff away. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, How like we saw, we saw a manatee today. First thing we get down, I'm like, oh, dude, look at that. Just breaching and stuff like that. Super cool. Well, a good buddy of mine used to work at SeaWorld here in San Diego. Okay. And I have pictures of my kids and myself feeding the manatee. Really? When they were in captivity in SeaWorld. Really? That's awesome. Oh, yeah. It was great. It was unbelievable. That's so cool. So how many years have you been going down to Florida? So I, um, I've been going down like for the extended period of time I've been coming down here since, uh, 20, 2015 was the first year that I, I really came down for 2015. I came down for a month and, um, I was able, I stayed basically, uh, late January to, to early March. So it was a little over a month. And then, uh, that was the first year of cyber school too, just cause we wanted to try it all out, see how it went. And then after that, uh, 2016 was the first year that I was here basically all, all winter long was able to buddy up with, uh, Adam McGill down here. And he kind of not really took me under his wing down here as much, but kind of like, let me like, kind of like hang out with them. And, um, after that, it, uh, it was nice. Cause then like having McGill here, I was able to just, you know, have somebody basically to hang out with and kind of, kind of par myself off of the whole time. And uh, after that, you know, like we make the joke that I, uh, I'll build a loop where we ride at, which I just actually finished the other day. And, um, Adam will show up. He'll be like, you ready for me to destroy your loop on you guys. And, and that's a joke among us. Another guy that rides down here with us. I don't, we don't know what it is. You know, like I'll ride the loop for a month before Adam gets here. He gets here and just loop is just destroyed within like three days. We can't figure it out. Adam's like, I don't know what I'm doing different, but, um, no, I've been coming down basically. When you say destroy, what do you mean exactly? Just, just get super deep and super rutted. And, um, I'm like, dude, what, what the heck are you doing differently? And he's like, I have no idea. You know, like well, the only thing we can determine is that like Adam will just kind of like put in like his laps, you know, like just kind of basically like he, he'll even tell us he'll be like, yeah, dude, I put in basically third year and just go the whole time like that. And that's the only thing we can think of is he just is constantly on the throttle, just digging because like, like when we'll ride, it'll get rough, but like Adam, you'll get it like real, like deep rutted and stuff like that. And we're like, and I don't, it could be just the way that we ride different. Cause I ride a lot higher on the RPMs, you know, like I'm, you know, like some of the pros will bust on me about, they're like, dude, just shift up like once or two more times. And I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I, I'm, I'm good where I'm at. Cause that's basically from coming off the, the two strokes as a kid where you had to basically have them like so high strung all the time that they, the only way to make power on the things. You will, you will transition into riding at a lower RPM range, not because you want to, but because you have to, because you're young and strong, mm -hmm. and you're able to hold on as you get older. You, for a while there, you'll have that main strength, but your conditioning and, and the fact that you get older, you'll need to learn how to ride in a different RPM range and only exert energy when you need to, instead of all the time. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. You know, that that's the best way to probably describe it. But yeah, that's, that's the thing is like, I'm always so high, like super hard on a clutch and stuff like that. Just, just, uh, from, cause I rode motorcycles a lot too. Like I actually won a GNCC championship on the motorcycle as well. And, um, ended up deciding to go on the bike or on the quad side then after that. That's pretty awesome. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I got up to basically like a, like a super fast local B rider, uh, mid pack A rider on a motorcycle. And then, uh, I was like, you know, that was the year I was tied, uh, basically tied for the XC2 title and had to, had to make a decision after, uh, after a couple, couple crashes on the bike that I was like, I don't, I don't need this anymore. You know? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't need to be flopping around like a fish. Do you, do you cross train on the motorcycle now? Yeah. Yeah. So I've, uh, I've kind of almost graduated from the motorcycle. I, I don't think I've ridden my actual motorcycle in almost, almost a year and a half now, but a uh, big, big fan of trials bikes, like a uh, big, big trials bike guy. You know, that's, that's kind of what I've gravitated towards just cause it's super slow and uh, it's, it's not the speed issue as much. That'll, that'll, that's, that's what I was finding on the motorcycles. Like I was, I was on that threshold, you know, where I had to be going so much faster for like that same thrill where like on the trials bike, you know, it's like, man, am I going to be able to climb over this eight foot log, you know, whereas like on the dirt bike, it was, let's see how fast we can go. Do you get to use any of the skills you learn on the trials bike? In yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that's, that's one of the big things is like the super techie stuff. Um, offer that's, that's basically where I'll excel. Like, you know, like you said in the mud and, uh, super tight stuff or like, there'll be some logs and stuff like that, that people will be like, dude, there's no way you're going to climb over that. Like out at Kroom, there's a log. It was probably 24, 36 inch in diameter log. And it was about a foot and a half off the ground. And I actually managed to get, get over the whole thing. Just, just from kind of knowing the physics of how you had to hit it, how the bike had to slide and go over it and everything like that. That's pretty awesome. Nobody else would do it. Yeah. Uh, my buddy tried it and uh, he was like, no. And, um, he, uh, I, I ended up breaking, uh, or not breaking, but I bent a linkage cause like I hit it so hard to get over it. And, uh, he was like, and, um, my buddy was like, I'm not trying it then. I was like, <laughs> All right. But no, we, uh, we definitely do some pretty, pretty gnarly stuff on the ATVs. Um, you know, that's, that's the nice thing is like, I, um, I'm able to kind of carry because cause the physics on all of it are the same, you know, that is uh, a lot of the same. Like uh, we'll do a lot of like big, like we had a 12, about a 10, 11 foot darn near vertical wall that um, we were looking at and we were like, you think we could hit it? And uh, we all, we looked at it for about 20 minutes and I was like, yeah, I got it. Cause like, I just knew, knew the way that it felt on the trials bike. And I was like, I think we got it. And uh, I hit it first. And uh, two of my buddies hit it after me, you know, they're like, I'm, I'm never hitting that again. And uh, one of them was another pro. And um, I was down here. Uh, first week I was here, I was like, Hey, let's go hit the wall. And he was like, Nope, I'm not doing, it. I'm not even driving down there. It's like, come on, let's go do it. And he was like, Nope, not doing it. But yeah, it's, it's just the, I think it's just the sheer fact of like being able to be well-rounded on all of it to where like, if it, if it does go bad, you can muscle through and, and just like almost the muscle memory of, of knowing how it feels, you know, to where you can carry it across to other things as well. So other than the riding, what do you do to train? Uh, I, I'm a big, uh, big bicyclist. I love, love bicycling. Um, I've started to get into the, um, a little bit of running here and there, but, uh, never, never been a big weights guy. You know, I've always, always been the guy that would rather, rather go do a 50, 60 mile bicycle than spend 30 minutes in the gym. Um, 
I just, just the way I am, you know, I'm built super long and lanky to where it, it works well for me, you know, to be able to just kind of get on my bicycle and go, go for two or three hours, just basically cruising by myself and, um, get, I get a, get a good group of guys down here that'll go as well. That, that makes it nice. You know, like if you can, the key is to find people that are, that are a little faster than you, that'll let you ride with you, which, which is hard, you know, cause like nobody ever wants to have, have somebody that's slower than I'm with them because they're always looking to go faster as well. But, uh, I was lucky enough to tag in with some of the, the moto pros down here, like the, like, um, actually a lot of their mechanics that I'll, I'll ride with, you know, from like the Baker's factory and stuff like that down in Florida, which, which is super helpful, you know, cause like just the little bits and tidbits that you'll pick up from them talking is, is huge. That's awesome. So when you get, when you go back to New York and you're in your home in New York, does your training schedule or the types of training change from Florida to New York? You know, that's, that's one thing I've been talking a lot with uh, my, my coach Steve Hatch about is uh, we just really, really been trying to figure out why, why Florida and New York feel so different. You know, like we, uh, I was like, Steve, it feels like I go home to New York and I, and I have no time to do anything. And, uh, in Florida, I feel like I get so much more done And uh, down in Florida. I spend, spend about three hours a day, two and a half hours a day driving to uh crew motorcycle area and then bicycling and stuff like that. And he's like, it's, it's, uh, he was like, I, I don't have a good answer for you right now. He's like, let, let me think on it. But, um, no, it's definitely, it's, it's hit or miss, you know I mean? Like between Florida and New York, it's, it's different, you know I mean? It's definitely, it's, it's a different feel. Cause it's almost like, like I'm here to do a job, you know, like Florida is like where I go to train and New York is like home, home, you know, like it's, it's like, I'm coming home to everything that I know and, you know, friends are there and, and every, everything's, everything's there, you know, like Florida, not, not much is here. You know, like I don't, I don't stray much from, from what I do, you know, like you could pick, pick any day out of the next 75 days down here and they're all going to look pretty, pretty similar. You know, they might just be different weather, different gear and, other than that, though, it's going to be going to be the same thing. How much of an advantage do you think it gives you being in Florida for round one? Oh, man. I mean, it's 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 awesome. You know, I've I've always been one that that when people are like, oh, I'm so glad it's 60, 61 degrees today on race day. I'm like, dude, that sucks. Like, I'm going to have to put a sweatshirt on. You know, I've, I'm always one that like, you know. <laughs> It's if it's 85, 90 degrees, I'm like, this is my stuff right here. You know, like put it out here. Let's, let's get going. You know, let's, let's crank the heat up where a lot of them are like, no, dude, you got to have like mid sixties, maybe 71, 75, like no way, dude, let's, let's crank that dial up. And, um, it's, it's always been the one thing, you know, like it's, it's just nice, nice to be able to, to just, uh, basically, you know, cause sand and stuff like that, it'll just beat you into shape, you know, more, more than anything can. And, uh, that's one thing I've tried to work on at home is just replicating a rough track. And I mean, it just, nothing gets as rough as Florida does, you know, it's nothing, nothing gets to where it's like super rough, super gnarly, like it does down here. But it's good, you know, at home, I've got a lot of, a lot of good stuff, you know, that I don't have down here, which is, you know, I've got a little, I've got a couple of awesome people right in my backyard, you know, I'm able to leave literally right from my back door and ride where if I want to change something, I can change it, you know, where I'm not, not kind of stuck in the regulations that I am of like having a riding park down here. That's kind of, you know, like state owned. So you can't really change a lot, but, uh, luckily enough, they, uh, let me become a volunteer. So, uh, they will volunteer out there. I built some mountain bike trails a couple of weeks ago and they actually let me uh, run the skid steer out in Croom. So I, uh, I'm actually able to go out and fix some of the trails and stuff like that. So they're, they're super, super chill with, uh, stuff like that. That's awesome. So you yeah. just volunteer to work for the park and then they let yeah. you the trails that you're going to go ride on. 
Yeah. Yeah. So they, uh, it, the, when Corona hit first time, they, uh, literally we, we couldn't ride or anything like that. So they, uh, I, and I didn't know what to do. You know, they were like, Hey, we, uh, we don't, we don't know when anything's gonna, gonna go back to normal. And, uh, I'm like, well, I, I can't go home to New York, you know, like New York's like closed, like locked its doors. Like, uh, I'm sure Callie did. And, uh, I was like, well, I called uh, my buddy at Kroom. He was like, Hey, he was like, yeah, we're, we're headed out today to go do some trail stuff. You want to come out? He was like, if, if you know how to run a machine, cause I have a skid steer at home that I, that I run all the time for like my personal loops. And he was like, Hey, if, if you can just, if you can show me, you know how to use a machine, I'll, I'll let you go out there. You can groom, groom the trails and stuff like that. So, um, I did that. I think I ended up getting like 50 hours of volunteer work in like two weeks and, um, basically went out uh, built them or, uh, fixed up their motocross track for them and did, did a couple other things like that in the uh, crew, which, which was just nice because it allowed me to be certified a, a by the state, which, uh, which is awesome, you know, have a state of Florida, uh, heavy equipment certification, uh, state forest certification and uh, a couple other things that, that are super hard to get unless you're like in. So like, I, I was lucky enough not to have to go and pass all their state tests and stuff like that. Cause I, I passed like their field test basically. Nice. And, um, yeah, they were basically like, yeah, just, just, if you, if you die, it's not our fault. So sign here. And I was like, okay, <laughs> sign there. <laughs> the way it's supposed to be right. Go have yeah, fun. Yeah. Work yeah, it they're out. like, here. they're like, here, sign here, show us what you've done at the end of the day. And don't die. Those, those are the three things we have. Oh, and if you're low on diesel calls, we'll come fill you up. It's like, all right. <laughs> I literally was in the skid steer for like seven and a half hours one day. And they're like, Hey, you, you, uh, you good. I was like, yeah, I need some diesel and a water. They drove out in the state truck, filled it up with diesel, gave me a water and off I went. And they were like, all right, see you. See you when it's dark. I was like, okay. And just kept driving away. Oh, that's awesome. So do yeah. you think that you're going to move down to Florida and, and, and make it a life? You know, I mean, I, I'd like to, you know, the traffic, traffic is definitely gnarly. Like today down uh, on the way to the keys, I was like, there's 11 lanes of traffic. You're headed one way. I'm like this, this is insane. You know? And, um, I was like, and that's, that's the one thing is there, there's a lot of traffic, but there's good spots that, that don't have a lot of traffic as much. I'm a, I'm a big fan of like anywhere from basically North Carolina down to Florida, you know, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, any, any of those four are, are pretty, pretty legit. I actually also another place that I never thought of. Um, I was lucky. I was fortunate enough to go out on a uh, ambassadorship to uh, Sand Hollow in Utah this summer. And, uh, did, uh, they let me rent some side-by-sides and, uh, basically just laid the red carpet out for me. Let me go out to Sand Hollow, showed me some amazing things out there. And I was like, man, you know, I might have to have to reconsider, consider my, my East coast lifestyle because it was, it was amazing out there. Just the whole like friendliness, like motorsports and everything like that. Like we were driving, we, we were driving side-by-sides down, down, down the road, you know, like literally like rolled out of the dealership, had a the tour guide with us. And he was like, Hey, yeah, it's, it's a vehicle here. You can drive it to the movies, drive it to the mall, drive it anywhere. It's a, it's a grocery getter here. And I'm like, no way. And, and we drove it and uh, did, I think 250 miles in two days. And I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> you spend a little time in Arizona. Havasu yeah. is awesome. You know, yeah. they drive the UTVs around a lot. Um, the, the Southern California deserts are, are pretty unique when you get to ride in them. And that brings me to my next uh, question. Have you gotten the opportunity to race anywhere or any style other than GNCC? No, no. So, uh, that's, that's the next big thing for me is uh, I'm hoping, uh, 
hoping to do the um, with uh, Maxis's blessing. We're, we're working on a couple exciting things this year, but uh, hoping hoping to go out west, do uh, do a works race or two, do uh, either the Vegas Torino or the Mint Four Hundred. We're not not sure which way we want to go yet, but we're hoping uh, to do one of those. Not sure if we do it on. An, I'd like to do it on ATV the first year, just just because, and then. Um, go hopefully do it on a side-by-side next year but uh no it's it's exciting i, I definitely i've uh, i've done a lot of other other series and stuff like that but i've never never gone to like something that's completely like out of the ordinary you know like everything i've done has been some style of xc woods racing other than i did do a 24-hour race on a motorcycle one time and i swore i would never do one of those again <laughs> yeah so, this is what you need to do you need to talk, call adam and say, hey, Adam, I want to know what it's like to go up against Josh Rowe and one of my TRX 450Rs. Yeah. You need to ask him that. Well, he's got a little bit of a story, though. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I will call Adam. He's, uh, he's supposed to actually come down uh, to Florida soon. Hopefully, uh, come down and hang out. I would love for him to have gotten to ride my machine. Uh, the year he came out and did it. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, there's really no time for those kind of things, especially when you're getting ready for the race. I mean, as intense as it is for what you do, it's kind of laid back desert racing, but it's not laid back for the guy that builds the bike and and preps the truck for the pits. He's he's got a intense job. From the moment he gets there till the moment, it, you know, even until after the checkered flag flies, because you're, you're always loading, prepping, moving. Um, it, it, it's pretty uh, exhausting, but it's it, it's a great life. And uh, it's even better when your guys win by over two hours. And yeah, I, I, I can imagine. That's that's definitely one thing I'd, I'd like to get involved in. It's just uh, basically just uh, spread out the uh, disciplines of what I do, you know, because there's there's so many cool things to see and do and race that it's 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 hard to be able to just be like yeah i just, I just raced this this one place all year you know because there's there's so many so many other cool things to, to do to see to ride you know every, everything like that can you ride a twist throttle I, yeah that's actually what i use right now is, is i run a twist throttle all right yeah like, yeah so, yeah so a funny story there is like when i rode the motorcycles it, it was easy transition but uh I ended up actually jamming, jamming my thumb at a local, caught a stomp and just smashed it, sprained it. And I was like, didn't go, I was like, I'm not going to the doctor. I'm like, it's, it's not that bad, mom. And, uh, went to ride the race bike. I'm like, mom, I can't push my throttle. And she's like, uh, okay. She was like, well, let's, let's put a twist throttle on. So we put a twist throttle on Tuesday. I rode it Wednesday. Saturday was, uh, Ironman. That was, uh, Ironman 2014. That was my first one in the schoolboy class. And, um, uh, I was like, man, maybe, maybe this isn't that bad. And, uh, after that, just kind of rode with the twist for a while and, um, got used to, it. you know, there were a couple of growing pains here and there with it, but all in all it was, you know, I mean, I was like, this thing's sick, you know, better, better controlled everywhere. And I was like, sweet, let's, let's keep it. And, uh, I've run twist auto for six years now and things are, things are never better. Well, that's awesome. It'll make your transition to the West coast a little easier. Uh, yeah. It's about 50, 50 nowadays. But really, to be only twist throttles because we all grow grew up in the motorcycle era. That makes sense. Yeah, you know, and, and, and ATVs had thumb throttles. But when you go back and you look at the history, yes, there was a lot of history before you came started riding. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's crazy. 
you'd get a you'd get a ninety from the dealer, and the first thing you did was put a twist throttle on it. Yeah, exactly. That actually, we uh, that Janusa Turkey Derby race that I uh, I do every year, we put a twist throttle on my ninety. That's awesome. That's yeah, cool. every, everything I own that uh, other than other than a stand up jet ski has a twist throttle on it. That's so. Uh, one of the guys, uh, uh, Greg Stewart, damaged his hand, and he put the finger pull on a, uh, off of a jet ski mm-hmm. on his quad because he couldn't use really? the or a twist throttle uh, because huh. he had his hand and, and and he kept it for quite a while. I mean, he, his hand was better. And he still he still had it on there. That's amazing. Yeah, I don't know how he held on. I, I can't ride around the street. No, not at all. No, that would that would be sketchy. That that would be sketchy. Uh, he, he he did well, you know, and they they approved it and let him run with it. Uh, you know, he had to he had to go and prove that he could ride the machine with it on. Yeah, and yep, that makes sense. And he did, and, and everybody was all good with it. And I think he won a race or two with it. That's awesome. That is that's crazy. Where there's a will, there's a way. Oh yeah, I mean you 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 never stop, and as you get older and get more defined in your racing career, you'll understand. You know, which I think you already understand some of the sacrifice that you have to go through to do this. You know, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just it's crazy. You know, the the hours that have been uh, in, invested into into just doing to just get to this point. You know, I mean, it's it's literally like. I uh I left left regular school at at 15, you know, basically moved to Florida all winter and I was like, all right, you know, like a lot of the kids in my regular school, my uh, school were like they didn't understand what I did and I was like, "Ah, oh, it's okay. I, I don't really care what you guys think." And uh left and uh, I haven't really talked to all all of my friends basically from from the point at which I left school on were uh either moto related or somehow moto moto in the sport, you know, like either bicycling or something like that. Like, I don't, I don't think I've talked to any of my friends from high school. I wouldn't even call them a friend anymore since 2015, 2016, you know, I was like, cause it was just such, such different worlds, you know, like they were all like, yeah, you're getting ready for the prom. And I was like, ah, dude, I'm, I'm good. I don't, I'm good. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, like I was like, I don't, I don't need that, you know, that fluffer, that, uh, that attention, you know, because like on, on a weekend, you know, there's, there's so many other eyes on you in a week. And then it's like, you know, I don't need to fill that, that small void with, with something like that. (laughs) That's pretty amazing. But yeah, I mean, you, you have an unusual life because when you leave, when I left high school, I went right into working in the motorsports, you know, basically Duncan racing. Yeah. I missed a couple of years because I tried to build some houses um, and then came back and haven't left. And this is all I've ever done. And, and when I go and see friends, you know, I have a couple of people that I've remained friends with throughout the years that have nothing to do with motorsports, but for the most part, everybody I deal with is motorsports related. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's, it's like, you know, like you, you try and explain it to somebody that, that doesn't understand They're like, wait, you drove 12 hours one way for a, for a local race. And I'm like, yeah, yeah you, that, that makes sense. Doesn't it? I'm like, no, it doesn't make sense at all. And I'm like, no, nah, it makes sense. You just, you just don't understand, understand the, the reasoning behind it. They're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, literally uh, funny story on like just uh, that whole like sacrifice and stuff. Um, I was, was I, I was either a day over 18 or a day over 17. And uh, I had to go to Florida 
And uh, my mom was like, here, hunt, here's a, here's a credit card and a photo of my driver's license. I was like, okay. She was like, when you need to get a hotel, just do this. And uh, I got to a hotel in North Carolina and I uh, handed them my driver's license, handed them a credit card. And they were like, uh, yeah, we, we can't rent you a room. I'm like, why not? They're like, you're a child. I'm like, no, nah, it's, it's okay. I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm good. They're like, no, no, we, we really can't. I'm like, no, here, I'll call my mom. You, you can talk to her. They're like, so your mom knows you're here? I'm like, yeah, yeah. She's, she's completely good with it. They're like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, maybe, maybe call her. So I call her. And I'm like, hey, mom, the people at the hotel have to talk to you. She's like, oh, no. About what? I'm like, no, they just won't rent me a room. They, they think I'm like running away from home or something. She's like, oh, okay. She talks to them and they're like, and I can see the woman's like, oh, wow. Okay. And um, my mom's like, no, no, he's, he's, he's good. I, I know where he is. It's, it's normal. He's, he's all right. And uh, they landed up renting me the room. I was there. What was I there? Because I had a meeting the next day. So I, I was at that hotel for two, two nights. And uh, ever since then, I've been a big fan of uh, Holiday Inns, you know, because they 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 never have really like questioned uh, questioned me on it afterwards. And um, it was it's just nice, you know, because like now now I'm old enough where I just kind of walk into any hotel and they're like, "All right, yeah, you're good." And uh, but it's just funny that like they were like, "I don't I don't really want to rent your room, you know, little boy. You know, you're like 17. You know, I'm I don't, I don't know how this works." I'm like, "No, no, it's it's good, it's good." And uh, actually, I was I was I was 18. Yeah, I was 18 because I remembered uh, at 17 they wouldn't do it. At 18, they ended up letting me do it. And um, I was like, "Yeah, I'm good, I'm good." They're like, "You know, we're gonna have to put like a $500 deductible in case you trash the room." I'm like, "That's okay. I won't trash the room or anything." I was so scared they were gonna charge my mom's credit card that I made in my bed and stuff the morning before I left and everything like that. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, I better make sure that this is like well kept, you know, like I made my bed, put my towels all nice and neat by the door, left them a note that said, I'm, I'm coming back tonight, but I did sleep here. Oh yeah. I was like, I was, I wanted to make sure it went as well as possible. Cause like I was worried that they were going to like kick me out and I wasn't going to be able to get a hotel room, but I have to sleep in my van. I was like, man, this, this could go bad. And then, uh, <laughs> And uh front desk lady the next night was like, she was like, Hey Hunter. She was like, I was like, Hi, how are you? She's like, I'm good. Are, are you good? I'm like, Yeah, I'm good. She's like, Okay, then have a nice night. I was like, You too. And yeah, I was like, after that, I was like, and and I don't know if it's just like second nature or what, but I'm like, you know, like part of me is like, you know, just you know, like if there's like three hotel choices, I'll always like kind of gravitate towards the holiday inn just because like they were they kind of were like all right, we're going to kind of trust you here. You know, like don't, don't let us regret it. And I was like, all right, you know, and, uh, I say, say a lot of hotels during the year and it's, it's crazy how, um, how different, you know, like it's, it's like anything in life, you know, you go in with confidence and they don't, they don't question you at all. Like now I just walk in, just hand them it all. And they're like, all right. Cause technically hotels aren't supposed to rent you a room till you're 21. And, uh, I won't be 21 till, uh, February. And they've always just been like, all right, yep. Here's your room. Carry uh, on. And some people never even look at the ID. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's luckily like if you walk in with confidence, they don't they don't look at all. Like uh, I've got a buddy with me that I that I actually managed to convince uh convince him to switch out of regular school to cyber school because I need somebody to hang out with down here. And uh he uh it's it's kind of funny because uh he's this is his last year in high school now, and um his mom's like, I don't know how you managed to convince me of this, you know, like this, this has been a struggle. I'm like, no, it's good. It's good. You know, it's, it's for the dream. And, um, we laugh about it all the time. 
but yeah, like literally convinced that Katie came and lived with me for four, four months this year. And uh, literally if, if I want to go up to Georgia for the weekend, I'll call him like, buddy, pack your bags. And I'll be like, dude, I, I can't go. I've got to convince my dad. And I'll be like, all right, I'll call his dad. He'll be like, try pack your bags. And then there, there we go, you know, off the, off wherever, wherever the wind literally blows us. And, um, it's, it's nice though, to have, have friends like that, you know, like that's somebody that I met directly through racing and he's one of one of my arguably best friends you know like I'll he literally came off lived at my house for two months um in the summer and then literally he uh, lives about 45 minutes from me and down here in Florida and him and I go to Croom every day you know down here and it's just just the way it is that's pretty it's, awesome yeah it's 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 pretty sweet you know he's like and I'm an only child and I'll be like you know buddy you're like the brother I never had you know and he's like I, I think thank you I think that's a compliment I'm like yeah it is it's good it's like all right <laughs> why am I carrying your bags <laughs> yeah yeah well okay so speaking of bags so uh, him and I went up to Durham town one day to ride and um uh he he had a dirty bag dirty uh, <laughs> I can't even tell the story without laughing he had his dirty clothes in a in a black garbage bag we also had the garbage from the trip in a black garbage bag oh and uh, so we stop at a gas station <laughs> he goes hey make sure you throw out that garbage so I'm pumped and feel like all right no problem he runs in and um I throw the what I thought was the garbage away. I'm like, man, this is kind of heavy. I didn't think we made this much garbage. We go and uh, he's like, Hey, you threw that garbage away. Right. And I'm like, yeah, why? And he, he had to grab some water from the back of the van. He's like, well, cause, cause the garbage is still here. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, I threw a bag away 20 minutes ago. He's like, you threw my gear away, dude. I'm like, no, I didn't. I threw the garbage away. He's like, no, you didn't. I'm like, oh, oh no. He's like, we got to go back. I'm like, dude, we can't go back. Just, just, we're too far down. He's like, you gotta go back. And I'm like, yeah, he, he's right. So we drive back, get his, get his bag of gear out of the garbage. And I, luckily that hose, we washed it off threw the bag back in threw the garbage away. And then there we went, but he's like, just, 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 just drive from now on Hunter. Just, just drive and just order food. Other than that, just, just don't, don't help me. He's like, just, just don't help me. I'm like, all right, buddy, I can do that. Oh, yeah. it's kind of hard to believe you're only 20 years old. Yeah. But yeah, dude, he was like freaking out. He's like, you threw my clothes away, dude. I'm like, no, I'm good. And like, I've got a Snapchat video with it. And also, well, he's like freaking out. And, um, and he's just like, dude, no, we, we got to go back and get my clothes. I'm like, ah, just, just, you'll be good. Just, just get new stuff, dude. I'm like, that was, that was your practice year anyways. It's all flapped out. It's like, yeah, but it had new hel- helmet boots. That's all I care about. I'm like, uh, and I can, I can feel the pain. I'm like, all right, we turn around, go back up, get it. And he's like, dude, just, just, just don't help me. And then, um, he, uh, funny, uh, another funny story. I, um, I've got a lot of hair, you know, like I always, always like a good little bit of hair. I was at a barber down here. I was like, Hey, I want this style just trimmed up. I was like, okay, deal. Takes the buzzer, buzzes me a straight line right down my head. I'm like, what what you just do, dude? He's like, you said you wanted your hair cut shorter, right? I go, yeah, not. I didn't want to be bald. He's like, oh, I, I can't fix this. We're gonna have to shave the whole thing off. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, sorry, dude. So he shaves the whole thing off, and my buddy Trey was making fun of me for it. He fell asleep one night when we were up in Georgia after uh, everything closed down down here. We need somewhere to ride, so we went up to my buddy's house up there. And uh, Trey was sleeping one night and I was like, you know what? We're going to get him back for making fun of me for having a shaved head. We, so he was sleeping one night and we shaved, shaved his head bald, shaved his head bald. He woke up in the morning freaking out. I'm like, don't make fun of me for being bald because now you're bald with me. <laughs> oh man. 
Yeah. Me never to go to sleep near you. Yeah, literally. And I was like, now we're even. He's like, we're not even. Your haircut's done by professionals. Mine was done by two idiots with a pair of scissors and a buzz. I'm like, <laughs> you're good, dude. It's like, you zip tied my hands together. I was like, it was only for your safety. But yeah. Yeah, I ended up zip tying his hands together so he couldn't like wake up and start swinging. It's like, it was for your safety, dude. Oh, you guys are killing me. Yeah. There, there are stories like this when you go back and you listen to the old guys. I call them the old guys. Some of them yep. are younger than me. Some of them are older than me. And the stories of being on the road, uh, the things that we used to pull on each other. It's, it's, it's awesome. I miss Oh the- yeah. It's, it's crazy to hear some of the stuff like before, before you had to be so careful with like social media and stuff like that. It was, it's crazy to hear what some of the pros will tell me, but I'm like, there's no way you guys did that. They're like, no, no, we did. We did it. And, I, and I'll ask one of the other pros about it. like, how do you know about that? I'll be like, well, I guess that is true. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I can tell you some stories, but I can't tell you out here. <laughs> yeah. It's, no, it, it's, it, it's pretty awesome. So do you think that you're going to, uh, race for a long time? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to, you know, I don't, I don't know if, if this, uh, if this ATV will lead me into, into something else, you know, like trophy trucks or, or something like that, you know, cause like I've seen, seen a lot of guys I'll start, um, start on the ATV side or the moto side and they'll just slowly gravitate towards like those extreme desert races and stuff like that. But, uh, no, I definitely would like to like to be able to do this, this for a long time. You know I mean? It's, it's, I've never really had any other, any other dreams or goals in, in mind other than, other than this, you know, I mean, school rolled around and, um, I've, uh, basically like they had a, they had a letter that, uh, you wrote when you were eight, eight or nine years old and you got it when you graduated. And, uh, mine, mine was pretty, pretty spot on to what I wanted to have accomplished by, by this point in my life. You know, like one of my goals was, was to win, win the youth class and be a pro. Those, those were like the two, two main things that I had on my list. And then there's some other ones that were like, just, just stupid, like eight year olds would say, like one of them said that I wanted like a cotton candy machine and, and other stuff like that. But, uh, it's pretty funny when like, I look at like some of the goals and stuff that I wrote down at eight that I like, I never, I, I didn't see the letter for 10 years then. And, uh, it's pretty funny how like most of, uh, the top two that, that really kind of mattered were, uh, were to, to race and, and be a pro. And, uh, we've, we've made it this far, you know, I mean, like, my mom one day asked me, she was like, Hunt, what, what would you do if she did, or uh, her and I were talking one day and uh, she was like, Hunt, I don't even know, know what you'd do if you didn't race. And um, I was like, I, I, I don't, I don't know. You know, like I don't really have any hobbies or anything like that. My dad's like, no, I, I don't. My dad's like, you, you couldn't survive a nine to five. I was like, no, you know, cause like, I'm so, you know, like not really like scatter, scatterbrained, but more like You're there's just yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, like things like the intensity levels, usually a little high, like people will be around me. They'll be like, dude, d- did you just drink like four, four, um, energy drinks? And I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm just this way all the time. And they're like, why? why? Like, I, it's just, just exciting, dude. You're not excited. You know, like we're out here, you know, we're, we're living the dream, dude. We're out here at 8am doing motos. This is the dream, dude. This is the American dream right here. And they'll be like, okay. You know, they're like, I, I, I don't think you should be this excited to go do a two hour moto at eight in the morning. I'm like, nah, we're good, dude. You're not excited. You're not as pumped as I am. And uh, they'll be like, no, nah, not really. I'm like, that's your problem right there. You just gotta be freaking amped. You gotta crank that up to a 10 and, and we'll be good to go. And they'll be like, 
all right then. And yeah, uh, yeah they, might get, they might get to six. Yeah, Maybe. yeah, yeah. They they kind of crank it up. I'm like, yeah, those are rookie numbers. You got to crank those things up. And they're like, no, nah, I'm good, dude. You know, and like that's one of the things is like I'm always like there's there's like super high peaks and it's just like just like this constant almost like a dolphin swimming of um, of like emotions and, and adrenaline and stuff like that. Like I used to get so wound up before a youth race that they the youth race started at eight a.m. They play the national anthem. Right about they they do the final uh, before the start ceremony, so that end right about s- almost eight o'clock, and they play the national anthem seven fifty five, seven fifty six every single morning for youth race. Instantly throw up. I'd hear that it'd start, and like I'd be sitting on the line. Seven fifty five would roll around, throw up right there every single youth race for five years throw up right on the line every single time. And then I'd be like, all right, mom, we're good to go race now. And like, that was, that was the only way, like if, if, if I didn't throw up, it wasn't a good day. And that was literally at that point, you know, like I got to where like, I'm a pretty superstitious person, you know, like I put the same boot on every time, same sock. I don't wear matching gloves. Um, a couple other, a couple of little quirky things. But, um, your volume. Yeah. I can mentally convince myself. No, your volume. Something happened to your volume. There we go. Is that better? Perfect. There we go. Yeah. So I, uh, I was like, man, I need to, I need to throw up before every youth race and we'll be good to go. So I like, I mentally, I think convinced myself that like a good race was if I threw up before the race. So I, every, every race I'd throw up before. And then, uh, first race I ever won, uh, in the schoolboy class threw up before it hadn't thrown up all year. Like, I'm so glad I don't throw up anymore. Cause like it, it would just like reek on my, it would just tear my stomach apart. And, um, ended up threw up before that race. I'm like, man, I don't, I don't feel good. And I ended up actually winning that day. And I was like, yeah, we're back. This is good. And, um, yeah. I hope you got over that. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've gotten over it now, you know, like now it's not like one fifty five before the start of the race. I'm not over there like throwing up anymore, but, uh, no, it's good. We've, um, definitely, definitely have some funny, funny things like that, you know? So, so what happens when you drink an energy drink? Oh, it's, it's, it's gnarly. Like, uh, I hadn't drank one for about seven months when I was down here one year, uh, training and, uh, my buddies flew down before the, for the, uh, Florida round. And they were like, dude, you gotta try this new energy drink. So, uh, they tried it, had, had a lot of caffeine in it. And, uh, like one of those yellow fibers I'm driving down the road and I'm actually shaking. Like they're like, dude, are you okay? I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm great. Like just shaking, like just literally shaking. My words are a million miles an hour. And they, uh, they go, you need one of us to drive. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm like, why? They're like, you're doing 103. I'm like, oh, slowed her down. They're like, you sure you're good, dude? I'm like, yeah, I'm golden, dude. I'm I'm laser focused. And they're like, oh, oh, all right. And like, they we got home. They handed me like one of those yellow microfiber rags, and I just ripped it in half. Didn't know why. It was because I was just like, just wound to the moon. And they're like, all right then. And uh, that's just basically like you know, because like that's you know, you just kind of carry the energy that type of energy through everything and and you're good to go. You know, like that's, that's the nice thing is, um, I've always, always kind of like carried that type of energy through, uh, through everything I've done and it's worked pretty well. You know, some days I'll I'll get a little too excited and it'll, it'll be kind of the downfall sometimes because I'll be so excited to do something and they'll be like, yeah.
the Thursday night before to compensate the sleep that I'd lose the Friday night before and stuff like that. And, um, even like this day, like if I know that we've got like a big trip planned the next day, like I'll, I'll literally have to go to bed at like seven 30 if we have to get up at like nine, because I'll be like seven 30 and I'll just be like, I'll wake up at like 3am and I'll be like, let's go. You know, like, I'll just be like, It's 425. We're supposed to be on the road at 530. We got to go. And uh, it's it's just nice to it's, you know, like, it's you know, just just be your own energy and you're good to go. But yeah, it's it's fun. You know, I mean, it's it's always fun uh, being able to, you know, because like that's the nice thing, too, is um, I'll, I'll usually like just like I was saying, you know, how I don't have a ton of friends down here. Nah, I'll go usually to like dinner and stuff like that by myself. And I'll be like, don't you ever get like lonely or something like that? And I love cheese fries, like absolute <laughs> 10 out of 10 favorite, but it's gotta be the shredded cheese. Can't be nacho cheese. And, um, my mom would be like, don't, don't you kind of get bored? Not going with some meat. Like, not at all, mom. There's more cheese fries for me. There's more everything for me, more bread, more cheese fries. And it's, it's, it's a win-win dude. Like it's solid. And she's like, all right. I, I, I guess I understand. And she's like, you good? I'm like, I'm great. I'm, I'm, I'm above average. And uh, <laughs> that's like, all right. yourself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And she's like, all right, I, I guess that makes sense. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's funny though. You know, like that's a nice thing, like with my parents and stuff like that is they're all super supportive and stuff like that. Like my dad will live down in Florida with me for basically the entire time I'm here. And, um, they uh first time that they were kind of like hey let's let's see how responsible hunter is they uh i was 17 years old and uh they left me down to florida gave me a thousand bucks and a credit card left me down here for a month by myself because my dad uh, used to be our town supervisor and uh he had to go home he had some meetings and stuff like that he was like don't don't burn the house down and just just make sure that you're still alive at the end of the month they're like call us if you need something so they hand me a thousand bucks and a credit card and i was basically managed, managed myself at the ripe age, like four or five days, uh, after I turned 17 and, uh, they called, they'd call me every day and I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. Just driving to Kroom, drive to Kroom, drive home. They're like, you still alive hunt? You got enough cash? I'm like I'm good dudes. I'm, I'm financially responsible, very responsible. You know, like I went out to eat like every night cause I didn't really, I wasn't, I'm not very good at like grocery shopping, you know, like we'll go to the store, go grocery shop and stuff like that. And I'll buy like, I can't, I can't put a meal together to save my life. But like, I know that like, I really like vegetables and stuff like that and like chicken and steak and all that good stuff, but I'm not good at like putting them together. So like I'd make a steak at like six o'clock and then at like seven 30, I'd be like, I want a sweet potato. And I'd eat like three sweet potatoes, but like, there's no, no consistency on like putting like a steak with a sweet potato and a side of broccoli. You know, there's, there's none of that. And, uh, but yeah, like when they left me down there by myself, made it the whole month, they called like, you, you still good hunt? I'm like, yeah, I'm just living the dream. You know, got this house to myself, hanging out, riding my ATV all day. I'm good. I'm, I'm happy. I am loving it. <laughs> Brother, you are in sixth gear all the time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's no, there's no off switch, you know, until like, until I get like super sleepy, you know, like I do kind of get a little, little bit irritable if I'm like super tired or like hungry, I, I get hangry. I get very hangry. 
that's that's wow. about the only times that it that it kind of switches that that switch will switch. Do you uh, do you monitor your diet at all, or do you yeah want? Yeah, so I um I monitor it more in the sense of eating eating enough. You know, like some people monitor that they eat too much, whereas I'll I won't eat enough. You know, like I'll burn five six thousand calories, and um, I have to make sure that I'm eating eating enough to to substitute what I'm burning during the day. But I mean, like. You know, I, I, uh, there's a lot of those crazy diets where they're like, you can't have dairy, you can't have this, that, or the other. And I'm like, man, I want to be happy while I'm eating food. You know, like I'm a, I'm a big fan of, uh, so like I'm from upstate New York where they've got a lot of, a lot of natural, like all organic, you know, out of the glass bottle milk and stuff like that. So I'm a big fan of chocolate milk out of there. Cause it's, it's all organic, non, uh, non GMO. Basically there's nothing, nothing bad in it. Cause like I can see the cows standing in the field as I bicycle by them. And, um, big fan of that. And, uh, but like, I, I usually try to stay away from a lot of the processed foods. Like if I go to the grocery store, I'm going to buy the organic, organic versions of everything, but I'm not gonna, you know, like, I don't, I don't really have any like say junk food in the house. Like I, uh, I switched, like I used to like fig bars when I was a kid, like the, the fatty, you know, like, the unhealthy versions I've switched over to the nature's bakery versions. So like, basically it's everything I've just I've, I haven't changed what I ate. I've just changed the way that it's consumed. You know, like I've, I've gone to the healthy versions, the ones that are made with all organic, all the, all the stuff like that. But I still, I still eat the same portions as I've ate. You know, like I used to be a fat kid when I was little, you know, like my mom, my mom used to let me basically like, we'd go to the store. She'd be like, what do you want, hunt? And I'd be like, I want some brownies. And my mom would be like, okay. And, uh, my grandparents, cause I was the only grandchild for like nine years. So they were, they, I was, I was pretty spoiled as a little kid and, uh, they'd let me go in and I'd eat kind of like whatever I wanted. And, uh, my waist size hasn't changed since, uh, since the third grade to give you, to give you an idea. <laughs> you were a big one in the little one. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was a big kid. I was uh, actually, it's gone up one size. So I went from a 28 to a 30 in my waist <laughs> size. Oh, and how yep. tall are you? I'm six, six foot, six, one, depending, depending on the way I'm depending on the way, the way the wind blows. Wow. That's pretty awesome, dude. You are, you are a joy because you are just on the gas. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of like, you know, like you're, you're willing to put me on your show, you know, I should, I should put in a good little bit of effort, but I mean, that's, that's the one thing that I've always kind of pushed for is, you know, like I, I love working with the kids and stuff like that. But like the thing I try to show them is that like what you get from me on day one is what you're going to get from me on day, day five, day six, day seven, you know, like you, you want to, you don't want to show up one day, put in 190% effort and then just be like, well, I'm, I'm here today, guys. And, and just give them like 5% effort. You know, you want to, you want to show where to go. There we go. You want to show up and just, just be putting in as much, much effort as you can, as you can every day, you know, because like people, you know, like people, people like to be around the person that's just ready to go all the time. Happy to, happy to be doing it, you know? And that's, that's what I've seen, you know, like I saw a pro, uh, one time at a motocross race and a little kid came up, asked him for a pair of goggles and he didn't have a great day, but, uh, he looked at the kid, he goes, no, you didn't say, please walked away. The kid was like 78 years old. And I was like, dude, like you just turned that kid off 
to be a fan forever. And, um, I've always, I've always been a believer that without the fans, this sport is nothing, you know, like, like any sport, you know, if, if you don't have people that want to show up that, that want to be part of you that want to, that want to gravitate towards you and be like, yeah, that's my guy. Then, then you won't, you'll never be able to grow, grow a brand, grow, grow a product, grow anything like that. Because, you know, the fans at the end of the day are the ones that are going to, going to buy, buy your products and endorse it. You know, like I was talking with somebody and I was like, dude, I have all the respect in the world for like the B, the C riders and stuff like that, that, that just, that just love the sport on a fully organic level that just show up every weekend. And they're just, they're just there, you know, like they, they just show up and they're, they're working on their bikes that on Friday night. And they're like, yeah, let's, let's go racing this weekend. I'm like, dude, I, I would be sweating bullets. Like I'm like, you know, races, race is Saturday. I like to have everything done Monday night latest and just have it. I, I just don't, I don't do well with uh, last minute stuff. And, um, but like some guys are like, just show up to the race and they're like partying the night before. And I'm like, man, I wish I had like a 10th of that, just like just mellow. And I'm like, I just, I just don't have it, you know, like, and that's the thing on race day is, uh, everything has to be like, I do well when it's all laid out and in the same, you know, like I like, I like to OCD, aren't you? Yeah. Proper preparation prevents piss poor production. Oh yeah, yeah. It, does. it does. And, um, I just, I've always been like that guy that, that likes it, likes it a certain way. And like, if it's not that certain way, it kind of like eats away at me until I'm like, dude, we, we just got to fix it. You know, like I don't, I don't like to, I don't like to have things not a certain way. And, um, some days you just can't change it. And I've gotten better about that over the years, but, um, it's, it's definitely all a learning process all the time. And, uh, it's good though. You know, like it's, it's, you know, I've learned, learned things in this sport about business and, and stuff like that, you know, like reach, reaching out to new people and, uh, just, just being able to make like connections, you know, like I managed, I was lucky enough to actually get a, uh, a sponsorship meeting with, uh, Outback Steakhouses last, uh, last February. I actually got to go to their headquarters, sat down at a round table, had a discussion with them for about two and a half hours about myself and, uh, and racing and what we do. And, and they, uh, actually ended up getting a food card with my name on it that I, that I swipe at dinner and stuff like that. And, and they're basically pay for my meals. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's, it's, it's, that's crazy. That's, that's huge because if you add up what you spend on food. Yeah. And as much as you eat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, that, that's that's that dude. That's pretty impressive. That's yeah, cool. they're 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 awesome, absolutely awesome people. And uh, but that deal there took me two two and a half years, you know, to be able to to get that one done. But uh, it's it's funny because like I sent them a direct message on Instagram, and uh, they they never got back to that. I uh, I ended up going about it another way. And uh, but it's funny, like I, I read the message that I sent them in um, 2017, and in 2017, I was like, you know if I read that message, I, I wouldn't have responded to him either. I was like, that was a terrible message. I sent him like, it was just like a generic told him what I, who I was, what I did. It didn't have any statistics, numbers or anything like that. And I'm like, no wonder they didn't respond back to me. I would have blown that kid off too, you know? And it's just funny how like, it's just grown over the years of, uh, being able to reach out to people and, um, sponsorships and stuff like that, you know, cause like the, the, the sports, the sports, such a niche market that, that you have to be able to reach out to people like the Outbacks, people, people that aren't, 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 a, not, not, they're not aware that the sport doesn't exist, but they might not know the impact that, that it has the, the people that it, that the sport has in it. And, um, just that it's, that it is such a larger market than a lot of people think it really is. 
I agree with you. And beans that I understand sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people don't realize that not all sponsors look at your results. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they, they, uh, I had a buddy that was on, uh, he, he contacted me for some social media help and I was like, well, dude, I was like, Hey, you got some songs on there that, that have some profanity in them. B, your posts aren't put together great and C, you're, you're, you blow off people that comment on your posts. Like, dude, you, you gotta, you, you gotta make sure that it takes, takes about 10 years to build a reputation and 10 seconds to ruin it. And, uh, that's kind of what I've always, always looked at as, as the easiest way to, easiest way to think about it. And I'm like, what, what I want, if I was a sponsor and I gave somebody, it doesn't matter if they gave you a dollar or a hundred thousand dollars. They, you don't want to, you don't want to give them a reason to be like, wow, that, that was a pretty dumb, dumb thing we did. We, we're not going to do it again. You know? Cause like a lot of uh, my sponsors are, uh, are repeat, repeat years, you know, like I've been with a lot of my companies for five, three, anywhere from three to five years now. And it's just all on building, building a relationship, you know, to where they know that they're getting a good deal you know, you're getting a good deal and they just, they're, they're just open, open to a having you on board and B having you there. Like a lot of these, a lot of people come to me and they'll be like, well, they only gave me, they only gave me 40% off this year. I really, really wanted to be at like, like free product. I'll be like, dude, just go meet them in the middle. Go, go to 60, see what they say. And I'm like, you got to build a relationship where the first year you're with somebody, unless, unless you, you are in that top, 0.1% 0.1% of, of everybody, you know, most, most companies aren't going to be able to be like, Hey, yeah, let me, let me deck you out and head to toe and, and, you know, all the product you need. Yeah. Let me send you six sets of everything. You know, like most companies can't, can't do that. You know, they just don't have the budget for it. Whereas if you can build a relationship and, you know, the first year take, take that lesser deal that you don't think that you're, you're worthy of, or, or not that you're not worthy of it, but that you, you might deserve more, but you really want to be with that company. Just be like, okay, let me take that deal. And then be like, Hey, if I take this deal this year, can, can we work a better deal next year? If I perform well. And uh, a lot of people are, are very receptive to, to not only, uh, not what you can just do for yourself, but, but what you can do for them. Because at the end of the day, our, our job isn't to, to race and, and to be that, you know, like a lot of us think, Oh, our, our job is just to go race an ATV. No. When, when somebody gives you uh, a product for that, that they've basically spent years building and developing, you know, that they want to see that product represented as well as you possibly can represent it. And no matter what that is, you know, everybody does it a little differently there and that's, that's just the way it is. But I mean, a lot of companies want you to be able to market a product thing is just just like uh with anything like You there, Hunter?
You back? And we're back. I think we're back. We're recording. Well, I just I can't see you, but we can talk. Um, sorry about that connection issue. Oh, you're good. There we go. There we go. We're back. Well, back to what you were talking about with the sponsorship. Just a little insight from a sponsor. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely would like to hear it. Um, basically, what happens when a sponsor gives you a discount? They just hired you. Yeah, absolutely. So you not only race, but you work for that company. So if you're wearing Alpine Star boots and they gave you 50% off, it's not your job just to show off your Alpine Stars. It's your job to sell Alpine Stars. Right. With, without a doubt, that, that should be your, your end goal. Like I was saying, you know, like somebody gives you a hundred dollars in product, you know, they want to see $200 in product. They, they want to get at least their money back plus, plus a little bit, you know, cause there's, there's no point in them in, in a sponsor being like, Hey, let's, let's go drop, you know, whatever, whatever their marketing budget is that year, like hundred thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, any, anything like that. They don't want to just be like, well, let me, let me just go spend $10,000 and not see anything from it. You know, cause that's, that's money out of their pocket. You know, they have yeah. to then sell a arms and anything like that just to cover, cover the cost of something that they just sold that, that they, they may never see their money back, you know, cause it, it's an investment into the racing and it, and it should, it should be a two way street, you know, where people, people are happy on both sides, you know? Exactly. So, so what you do as a company is you, you pick an individual and I care about you as an individual and I care about how you carry yourself in society because when you're walking down the street wearing my t-shirt, I want people to think, Hey, that's a nice young man. You know, he does this or he did this. Or when you win a race or you got 15th place because your tire fell off, you come into the pits with a smile on your face and you sign autographs and you, and you help people, even though you had a bad race, you can't let it show until you're in private because that that's your job, you know? Yeah. And, and let's say I build your engines and the engine blew up. You know, you don't come in and say my engine blew up. You came in and say, ah, I had an ignition failure. I had, you know, a wire broke and uh, it shut off or whatever, whatever. You know, I know that people listening to this, that, that race totally get it. You know, when you watch NASCAR and they, and the motor blows up, you, you know, they don't go in there and trash the motor guy. <laughs> oh, absolutely not you know because like and it's and like that's what i was saying earlier it's, it's, it's so easy you know like you can get it you know you're like you might not even mean it you know like you might just say like oh this product is that or that product is that and, and you your volume oh let's see there you go there we go you know 
I think that must be what it was. You know, you don't know if, uh, who, who's listening, you know, like they, that you might not even mean it the way, the, the way you said it, but they, they might hear it and they'll be like, Oh wow. You know, he, uh, he just trashed that product, you know, like, man, I don't, I don't want to use that product then. And, and you might not have meant it at all, but, uh, the, the easiest thing to, to do is, you know, like, like your parents said, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't, don't say anything at all. And, um, I've always, you know, like it's, it's, it's a hard thing to do. Cause like some days you get caught up in the moment, but, but you just gotta, gotta stop yourself, you know, like, and it's one of those things I think that comes, comes with time too, you know, cause like, it's, uh, it's definitely one of those, those emotion things where like, as the emotions build, like it, it's, it's such a fine, fine line, you know, like, and, uh, that's, that's one of those things you've seen, like those pros will be so contained and like, wow, that guy looks pissed off. And, um, and, uh, you can only imagine like what, what the thoughts inside his head at the time. And I'm like, man, you know, like, cause, cause everybody that's race, race has felt it. They, they know the feeling and, um, they, it's just, it's, it's just crazy at the end of the day. But as you said, it, it is your job, you know, and, and you're hired by all those people to, to represent them in the best light possible. And I mean, you know, like these companies, you know, the, the, the sport's such a, not, not, not a small sport by any means, but, uh, it's, it's definitely like there's a group, a good group of people in it, but, um, you know, like compared to some of the major league basketball or baseball, you know, um, it's definitely one of those things where it's, you know, everybody, everybody kind of knows everybody on a level, you know, like, and if, if you're like saying, yeah, this guy's, this guy's product sucks, but, but my guy's product, you know, like you never want to be like, Oh, my tires are superior to those tires and those tires suck. Cause you, you, you never know if three years down the road that you're going to get dropped and, and you're going to, you're going to need to, you're going to be on your hands and knees being like, Hey, can, can I get a deal? And then they'll be like, Ah, sorry, man. You, you said our tire sucked three years ago. You know what, what changed, you know, other than the fact you don't have a deal anymore, you know, like. Exactly. The, the, the world is the size of a pin. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, being in the motorsports business that, that I am and that I work for, you never say anything bad about your competitor. No. You know, if anything, you want to, you want to not, not, and overwhelmingly say good things about them, but Hey, we just have professional differences. Yeah. I don't disagree. I don't agree with how they do it, but Hey, it's how they do it. And, and, yeah, and this is how we do it. And, and that's how they do it. And we're just different. Yeah. Cause I mean, if you've gotten to the point where you are a recognizable company, you had to have done something right at some point, you know, like every product that has made it to where they're on a, on a top level bike, you know, they're, they've done something to be able to, to get to that point. And, and they, they put in hard work, you know, they like, you might not think, think it off offhand, but you know, that they, they know that they've put in hundreds of hours of, of sacrifice in, into their own program. And, and it's, it's not fair for you to be like, man, you know, like you, you don't know what, what they went through to get to get to that point. And, um, it's just like, you know, just, just, just let them, let them be, you know, like if they think their product is, is, is by far the best out there, just, just let them, let them go. You know, I mean, at, at the end of the day, if you know what you think is best, you know, somebody else might, might think is, is complete opposite, you know? Exactly. And, you know, be the be biggest professional you can and always care because the industry you're in is it's a very small family. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and people move from company to company, you know, like, like you, your guy, that's, that's your favorite guy at a company right now. He might, you know, might get a better deal somewhere else and he might move and somebody that you were, you, somebody else's company you were trash talking a couple of years ago might, might be now your new contact. And he might be like, man, we're, we're paying you that much. Well, we've heard how you talked about us before. He might have a bone to pick with you and he'll be like, 
sorry, dude, not anymore. And, and you know, might might even drop you or, or cut you down, cut you down to size. And uh, not that it's it's not fair to the guy, but I mean, it's it's just the way that a lot of stuff works. Is is that people in the sport just kind of they they never seem to really leave. They just kind of like do a slow circle around until they find somewhere that they're happiest at. Exactly, exactly. And then there's always the guy that goes from from door to door to door. Yeah. Yeah. No, no loyalty anywhere. And you're like, dude, you just, just build a little bit of loyalty and, and you'd be set, you know, like just, just build a good brand and, and you'll be good. Exactly. Hunter, it's been a, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I want to uh, ask you to leave the door open to come back and talk with me again. Absolutely. Yeah. Please let me know whenever you want to chat. I, uh, I've got some free time in the next, uh, next couple months. You know, I, I don't have much going on, just kind of daily, daily motos and, and gym workout and stuff like that. Other than that, I'd, I'd love to get back on here and talk. You know, I've got lots more, lots more to talk about. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. If I could get a couple people that I've spoken to, uh, just a little bit of your energy. It would be <laughs> awesome. I'm yeah. Really- I don't know. Uh, do you ever slow down ever? Uh, not really. You know, like we, I, uh, no, you know, sometimes, you know, like some, <laughs> if, if I'm super tired, so usually if I'm super tired or, or super hungry, those are about the only two, only two times that I'll, that I'll kind of like, you'll see a divot in the energy. But other than that, no, we're, we're wound, wound tight as a tight as I don't even know. I don't even know what a good example would be, but, uh, no, it's, it's always, always go, go, go. And, uh, I, I get that a lot from uh, my parents, you know, like they'll always, sh- uh, they'll squeeze, like even, they'll even squeeze more stuff into a day than I will. I'll be like, why, why did you try and put this in? And they'll be like, oh, we, we thought we could get it done. I'm like, there's no way. I'm like, you need 38 hours to do what you just tried to fit into six. They'll be like, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and yeah, I live in that world, dude. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, you do, you, you make your list for the day. Yeah. I can get all that done and you can't even get three items done on the list. No, not at all. And you're like, wow, that was, you know, like, that's one thing that, uh, my coach Steve Hatch told me, was like, dude, just, just prioritize what, what you need to get done and what you want to get done. He was like, cause when you, when you start putting all these things together, he goes, your, your main goals get lost in the day. I'm like, I, I never thought of that. That's, that's a good point. And if you write it down and, and have some direction, I'm horrible at writing it down. Oh yeah. It's, it's all crystal clear up here. And then you put it to paper and, uh, you're like, man, that took five times longer than I really thought. I've now missed three other things that I was supposed to do in that time. Uh, crap. I'm up a, I'm up a creek without a paddle. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It was my pleasure, young man. Uh, Absolutely. Thank you for having me on your show. Oh dude. I, I will be in touch with you because I'm going to need some things from you. Perfect. Uh, uh, you need to send me some more photos. Okay. Uh, via email. And, yep. um, I want you to keep in touch with me. You have my number, you have Absolutely. my email. Um, if you have anything coming up in your, in the future, in the next month or two, uh, reach out and let's talk about it and, uh, see if we can have you back on the show. Awesome. Yes. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Have a nice night and, and make sure you talk to Adam. Okay. I will. I'm probably going to get a, 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 a dirty tech, a dirty text yeah. message, but it's okay. Perfect. Yes. Uh, I had a phone conversation with Adam and I'm, we're trying to connect to get him on the show as well. And, uh, I can't wait because he had some pretty good stories just in the few minutes we had on the phone. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Adam, Adam's a hoot. He's a, he's, he's kind of like, this guy's a little old for you, but a Jeff Stanton, which was just a, 
a hardcore, you know, pounded out rider, you know, yeah. bam, bam. I've, I've not spent a lot of time with Adam, but that's the guy he seems like. Uh, yeah. I, can. yeah, I can contest even on Florida. Like he'll just like, that's what, that's one thing he'll do that I can give to his credit. Is he'll literally just put his, put his nose to the wheel and just go at crew and he'll just do the same thing. And I'm like, dude, you, you gotta put a little fun in there. He's like, I, I just gotta do this. I just gotta do it, dude. I just, I just gotta, just gotta man, man through it. And I'm like, dude, just, just put a little fun in and it's all. And he's like, I just gotta do this, man. I'm like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for that. Just like, I'm like, nope. I'm like, I, I, I'm, I'm more of that type where like, if it's like, I got to do like an hour moto, I'll do that hour moto. But like before it, I'll factor in like three hours of like clay riding and like just, <laughs> just stuff like that. And then I'll do the hour moto and I'll be like, man, I am, I'll be like, man, I am exhausted now. Like I can't do anything else I planned for the day. Cause I just rode for six hours, but here we are, we're ready to go. <laughs> Dude, you just never, you just never seem to amaze me. I mean, you just never shut off. Yeah, no. Like the first day that I went to Kroom, I was so excited to ride because I hadn't ridden in like two two weeks. You know, which doesn't sound like a lot of time, but for me, like I I, I ride almost every day. And um, I got to Kroom. I checked the hour meter on my bike. It said four four point eight hours or four point nine hours. I spent the first day I got there literally just, just ride and ride and ride and ride. And I was like, I'm good to go. Like, let's go. And then I slept like 11 hours the next day because I was like, man, I am exhausted. Like that was a lot. <laughs> oh buddy. You, you're a breath of fresh air, believe it or not. Hey, I want to thank you again. Uh, let's stay in touch and, um, good luck. Uh, maybe next time when we talk, uh, you can tell me a little bit more about the fishing and, and how that goes. Absolutely. Yeah, I, uh, I definitely will. All right, brother. You have a great right. night and thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you. You as well. All right, buddy. All right. Bye. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. San Diego's Body Evolution Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking after your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolutions.org or call for an appointment, 858-571-0160. Brought to you by Take-Two Custom Tees. Screen printing experience that is dedicated to quality and customer service every time. Duncan Technologies International. More than 33 years in the industries building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.